You are now listening to the Way to Go Youth Podcast with Pastor Jerome Baker. This podcast is an outreach of a place of refuge church located in Carrollton, Georgia, where the pastor is Bishop Barry Walker. Our vision is to help youth and young adults to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's word. Now, let's receive Pastor Baker with today's message. You are listening to The Way to Go. The tough. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the Bible. It's the longest psalm in the book of Psalm, and it's the longest what we consider chapters in the Bible. And the psalms are considered primarily to be written by, by David. And the scripture records David's life from a child to an old man. And David had an amazing and extensive life. And that's what I desire. I want to have an amazing and extensive life. What about you? Now, when it comes to David, when you read the scripture about him, David was remembered for a host or a number of reasons. Many of us remember David, how he killed Goliath. Many of us remember David, how he saw Bathsheba bathing one day on the rooftop, and he pursued her and killed her husband just so he could have her. Then many of us remember how David had a son, or his first son, by the name of Solomon. Had a number of different things he was remembered for. But the primary thing David was remembered for in Scripture is for his love of God. He was primarily remembered because of his relationship that he had with God. And though that's not a major point in the message, it is noteworthy. You are going to be remembered for a number of things in life. Some good and some not good. But the primary thing we should strive to be remembered for is our love for Jesus. You and I, we we should strive to live a lifestyle to where people know that when they bring our name up, that young man or that girl, they love the Lord. They were not perfect, flawless, but they loved the Lord. And I didn't get too much response for that, but I know I'm telling the truth. Many young people want to be remembered for how good they look, for the outfits they have, for the accomplishments that they achieve. But but the main goal, young folk, is to be remembered for the love that we have for Jesus. 
the Bible says that the conclusion of the matter is for man to fear God and keep his commandments. When I do die, and as long as I live, I want people to remember that Baker loved the Lord. And you should have the same type desire. If you know I'm right, somebody shout, he right about it. You should want people to know that you are saved and you love the Lord. Now, what's impressive about David's relationship with God is that his relationship was so solid that it became a blueprint for other people to follow. He was so tight with God that other kings and other people patterned their life after him. And see, that's what we should strive for. When people see you and your relationship with God, they should want to get like you. They, they should want to pattern their life after you. You should be the true meaning of a trendsetter. You, you don't want people to look at your life and say, hey, ain't no difference. They just like me. Talk the same way and do the same way. No, you should want your life to be a light for other folk. You should want your life to be a pattern that others desire to mimic or imitate. I know I'm talking right. Your, your siblings should want to not just be like you because you're the oldest. They should see your relationship with God and want to pattern their life after you. People on your team, at your school, and so forth, they, they should be able to look at your life and say, hey, I knew somebody that was really saved. I knew somebody that was born again. And, and, and if they could do it, then I can do it. I can do it too. David's life was a pattern for other people to follow, and that's something we should learn from. Our life should be a pattern for other people to follow. If I'm teaching right, somebody shout again. He right. Now, when you consider David, the text that we have before us in Psalm 119 and 101 reveals two truths about David that will help us to be better spirit-led young saints. Two traits that are in the text that are thousands of years old but they're still relevant in our day and time, especially if you're the type of young person that wants to be better. I want to be better. I, I want my life to improve. I want to mature, and I want to grow. Am I talking to anybody that's like me in here? Your desire should be every day that God grants you, it should be better than the last. In some type of way, you should be getting better in how you think and how you talk and how you act. I love my wife, 
but but I expect her to get better. I, I don't want the same wife in certain areas as it was back 20-some years ago. I, I want her to get better and better, and be and she should want that. But when she look at me, she should be like, yeah, I love him, but I don't want the same baker that I had 20-some years ago. I want him to get better and better. If that be you, look at somebody and say, I'm trying to get better. It's just like when I come to church, I don't want to leave the same way I came. I want to hear something that's going to help me to be better. Even if it step on my toes, I still embrace correction because I want to get better. I want to mature. Am I talking to anybody today? That should be your desire. And that's what we see when we look at this verse. Two truths that will help us to be better, especially when it comes to being spirit-led. That's what God wants. He wants us to be young, but yet spirit-led. Got to be more conscious of God. And I got to be guided by him in a more excellent way. Because the sad truth is that many young people in our day and times, they are led by feelings, peers, and the trends of the world. Whatever their friends say, whatever they feel, and whatever the fad is, most young people are guided by one of those three. But God wants us to be led by his spirit. And when we speak of the spirit, we're talking about that which pertains to God, whether it's his word, whether it's his men and women of God, or whether it's the Holy Spirit directly speaking to us. He wants us to be spirit-led. And how many can look at your life and be honest and say, yes, I'm saved, but I do need to get better at being spirit-led? Where them hands at in here? I'm talking from the youngest to the eldest. And don't raise your hand just because I'm asking. How many can really look at your life and say, yeah, I need to be more spirit-led because sometimes I do what I feel. Sometimes I do what other folk do. My daddy used to tell me, Jerome is not monkey see, monkey do. Even though I wasn't a monkey, he was just saying, look, you just don't follow and do what everybody else does. And as a child of God, we got to have that same mindset. We need to be led by the spirit of God. And so again, how many truths do we find in today's verse? Two. Two truths. The first one is David's commitment. What is the first truth that we are going to see in the verse? David's commitment. Commitment. Commitment has to do with your personal determination. Your commitment has to do with your personal conviction. And when it comes to being spirit-led, you and I need to have some personal commitments. You need to have some personal things that you're determined to do 
and things that you're determined not to do. You need to have some personal convictions about things that you will do and things that you will not do. And that's what David had. He had some personal commitments. And just breaking it on down, having a commitment is just like ABC. You got things that you aiming for in life. You got biblical boundaries in life. Oh, I know it's good. And, and, and you just to the point to where you, you got a moral compass. You, you just don't go along with everything. Why? You have commitments. You got goals, things you're aiming for. You got biblical boundaries. You have knowledge and understanding, and you live according to what the Bible says. And you have a moral compass. You got a conscience. How many are still to the point to where you know you got a conscience, and you feel bad about certain things you shouldn't think, say, and do? You know, if some people, their conscience has been seared, they don't even feel bad. They can do certain things and it don't even, it don't even bother them. You got to have a moral compass in this life, young people. You got to have personal commitments. How many are still with me by a show of hands? David's commitment, according to our verse, had to do with him exercising restraint. He says in the verse, I have restrained. David was committed to having some discipline or some self-control. David was to the point to where he said, look, I got the power. I have the authority to make choices for myself. I have restraint. He was committed to having some control. Young folk, one thing you need to master or begin to start to master while you're young is restraint, some discipline. You just don't let anything come in and out of your mind. Don't you know you got the power to control what you think on? You just don't let anything come out of your mouth. You got the power to say either what's life or death. You, you just don't do what you feel. You can control your body. Got to have some restraint. When somebody make you mad, you, you don't have to go off. You can show some self-control. You, you don't have to just spit poison at somebody because you didn't get your way. You got to show some self-control, and it's going to take some commitment. You don't have to fail that class. You're just going to have to show some discipline and get in there and study to show yourself approved. You don't have to go back to a bad relationship. You just got to show some self-control. You ain't got to reply to folk when they send you certain messages, when they do certain things. You just got to show some self 
control. This ain't no shout message, but it's the truth. You don't have to go three and four days without prayer. You just got to demonstrate some restraint, some self-control. That thing that gets you depressed every time it come your way, it don't have to have rule over you. Now, it's going to come, but it don't have to overcome you. You got the choice to either allow it to depress you or you can fight it off. Look at somebody and say, you have a choice. You got a choice. When it came to David, he was just being so personal. He shares with us in the verse what he had to have some restraint over. His feet going to evil. He had to show some restraint when it came to getting involved with evil. What is evil, pastor? It's not Freddy Krueger, Jason, or that little puppet from that movie that, that be looking spooky or Chucky. It ain't. No, 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 no. Evil in one sense is sin or that which causes trouble or misery. And young people have to deal with sin Every, every day. And get this, evil can be in the realm of the unseen and evil can be in the realm of the seen. Evil is real. And, 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 and evil, young people, is just a part of life. Look at what God said in Deuteronomy 30 and 15. He says, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Evil will always be an alternative while we're here on earth. Evil will always be something you can choose to get involved with. As wonderful as you are, evil is still an option. As saved as you are, Evil is still an option. And so David said, look, I got to show some self-control. And, and y'all can get quiet on me all you want. But if you're going to grow, mature, and get better when it comes to evil in your life, guess what you're going to have to demonstrate? Some restraint. Some self-control. Let's look at this because y'all ain't even riding with me no more. I think y'all got out the car. Let's look at what the Bible says about evil and let me just paint a better picture so y'all can come on with me and just be honest and say, yeah, it, it, it's something I deal with every day. Let's look at truths about evil. Number one, Proverbs 8. Let's go to Proverbs 8. Now, some of y'all, I'm not even seeing you turn a Bible. Proverbs 8. Let's go to Proverbs 8 and 13. Let's look at the first truth about evil. Now prove that you're there. When I pause, y'all read it. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride 
and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth, I, I hate it. First truth we need to understand about evil, God hates the evil way. Sometimes we find pleasure in evil, but God hates it. Sometimes we call evil fun, but God hates it, despises it, can't stand it. And if I fear the Lord, according to the verse, if I respect God, if I have a relationship with him, when it comes to evil, I should what? I should hate it. I should hate it because my God hates it. If God considers evil something he hates, then I should consider evil something that I hate. When I see evil, when it comes to me, I, I should have the attitude, no, my God ain't with that. And because my God ain't with it, I don't need to be, be with it. God hates evil. Sin, things that cause trouble or misery, God hates it. Now look at your life. How is your relationship with evil things or the evil way? Is it a hate relationship or is it a love relationship? We should hate it. 1 Corinthians 15.33. Let's go to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 15.33. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, and this is Paul teaching on evil. Do not be, help me, deceive. Evil company corrupts good habits corrupts, ruins, or will influence you the wrong way. What do I want us to see in this verse about evil? Evil ruins. It's not going to make your life better. It corrupts. And if you keep evil company, your life's not going up. It's going, it's going down. Evil company is not helping you. It's not prospering you. It's not causing better to come your way. According to this verse, evil company is messing up your good habits. Slowly but surely, you're not going to be who God wants you to be if you keep hanging with evil company. And, and the Bible is, is so descriptive that righteous folk will get the same rewards that an evil folk gets if they keep hanging with them. They'll be led astray. Evil company corrupts. Help me out, MSW. 
Now take a good look at the, at the company you keep. Take a good look at who you spend a lot of your time with. Because it corrupts or ruins. You know you could be married but hang with a lot of evil people outside of your marriage. But then when you come home, that spirit is getting in the house. That's what happened with Job. His wife was hanging with evil women. Then she bought that spirit home, but this is what he did. He checked it. He said, you've been hanging with some evil folk. You have to be careful who you keep company with. Because you ain't going to be praying the way you need to if you keep hanging around evil. You might stop giving. You might stop telling the truth. You might start dressing different. You might start listening to stuff you ain't got no business listening to. Evil company is very influential. Get to hanging with evil company, next thing you know, you don't even want to come to church. You want to stay in the bed. Then stay in the bed, turn into a fight with mama. Well, where all this coming from? Who you been hanging around? You used to enjoy coming to God's house. That evil company. And when you got a quiet audience in a sanctified church, sometimes that's a hint that some folk have gotten too comfortable in the company of evil. It ruins. Now, now that's an outward influence. But remember earlier I told you evil can be inwardly? The Bible talks about how the heart can be evil. When you get to the point young folk to where you don't want to be led by God and you want to do what you want to do, that is evil. Look at what Solomon said in Proverbs 3 and 7. Do not be wise in your own what? I fear the Lord and depart from evil. Whenever a person would rather do what they want to do instead of what God would have them to do, that's evil. What the Holy Spirit tell you, go in there and apologize. I don't want to apologize. That's, that's evil. Well, go in there and spend some time with your family. No, I want to stay in here and do what I want to do. That's evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't make choices that you think are best. No, fear the Lord and depart from, from evil. Let's get this little poll out the way. How many have ever been evil? or hung around evil. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way because, yeah. But the thing is, it don't need to be something that you constantly practice. That's when it's a problem. So what do I do, pastor? 
Jeremiah 25, 5. Now, this is the prophet talking to God's people. They said, repent every one of, of his evil ways and his evil doings. He's talking to godly folk. Repent now everyone of his evil way and his evil doings. And then he says, and dwell in the land that the Lord has given you and your fathers forever and ever. Repent and start living how God wants you to live. Whenever you find out that you have been given place to evil, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. He says, everyone, repent of your evil way and your evil doings. Repent. And start dwelling or living in the place or the way that God wants you to live. Well, I don't want to repent. Well, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to be overcome with evil. If you allow evil to set up shop in your life, it's going to rule you. We don't need to allow evil to overcome us. That's why I repent. When God showed me, Baker, you ain't right. You, you, you're not doing that right. I quickly try to get that thing right. Matter of fact, I don't try. I get that thing right. And, and some things take me some time to just work out completely. Some things, it, it just, I just, I got to do better. And every day I'm just striving to get better so I can be the man that God wants me to be. And some things, young people, it take time. But guess what it start with? It start with repentance. It start with turning, saying, look, I ain't going that way no more. Now, I got to change some of my habits, and it may take a little time, but I'm starting by turning. And that's what the Lord is saying to some of us in here. You need to turn. You need to re-repent. Repent of what the Bible says, your evil way and your evil doings, your evil lifestyle. Your evil habits. Repent. Repent. Turn. You've been saying all that evil. Repent and start speaking better. Been being mean all the time. That's evil. You're supposed to be a happy person. Repent from being mean. All that lying. Telling them lies. Repent from them lies. Turn. And start living the way God wants you to live. This is what David was saying. He had to have some restraint, some self, some self-control. And how many got to be honest and just look at yourself and say, I got to do the same thing. Because it's just going to take something. God ain't going to do it. You and I got to lay aside every weight and sin or that which is evil. We got to lay it aside. We got to deal with it. And it takes self-control. It takes you making the choice. You know what? I'm just going to make sure every day I do what God is telling me to do. I'm going to make the, the choice. Because I don't want to be living in the evil way. 
Lord have mercy. If that be true, somebody shout. I don't want to be living in an evil way. So when it comes to evil, what did we learn? God what? He hates evil. What does evil do? It'll ruin your life. And when you find yourself in evil, what's the first thing that need to be done? Repent. Now, y'all saying it like you don't care. Let's try it again. How does God feel about evil? What does evil do? And what should we do if we practice or do some evil? Repent. That's it. But the second truth is what I really want to deal with in the verse is David's code. David had a commitment, but he also had a code. A code, young people, is a standard for living rules or ethics for your character a value system that's what David had he had a code that he was going to live by every spirit filled young person should have a personal code of conduct you need to have a code as a Teenager, young adult, and adult. Have a code of conduct. It's just, it's just certain rules that I'm going to live by. Certain standards for my life as a young man or you as a young woman. And notice what his code was. He said, I'm going to keep your word. I'm just going to stick to the word in every aspect of my life. I, I got to have some commitment not to do evil because what I'm trying to do, Lord, is keep your word. And that's what God wants from his young people, just to stick to the word, be loyal to the word. When I'm loyal, I'm faithful. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm fixed on God's written, and revealed word of God. I'm, I'm just right there with it. When different things come before me, I'm thinking on what the word says and what I have been taught, and that's how I govern my life. I, I, I'm just going to keep the code. I'm just going to stick to the word. When I have to make decisions about sex, well, I'm just going to stick to the code. What, what does God's word say about it? When it comes to how I respond to my haters, what does the word say about it? When it comes to me dealing with weed, alcohol, parties, and so forth, look, ain't going to be no argument. What does the word say about it? It don't matter what everybody else is doing. I got my own code, and I'm going to stick to the code. I'm trying to keep God's commandments. He said, hide the word in your heart that I might not sin or do evil. And, and, and many of us in here, that's the problem. You ain't got no code. You ain't standing on nothing. You got to have a code of conduct for your life. When it comes to how you think, how you talk, how you act, how you handle your money. Tell somebody, you got to have a code. And the code should be based upon God's word. 
before I got into a covenant relationship with First Lady, before she was even a First Lady, we, we sat down and we talked, what do you believe? Now, we go to the same church, but how do you feel about this? What do you think about that? Because I got a standard. And we talk and we agree and we conduct ourselves based upon that. And when we mess up, we say, well, I was wrong or you was wrong. We got to get back on the word. We got to get back on what the Bible says. And that's how you have to live your life, young people. When I get money, well, I got to stick to what the Bible says. Let me make sure God get his first. Let me make sure he get a good offering. And, and let me conduct myself as a good steward. I'm just going to stick to the word. Tell somebody, stick to the word. That's where your loyalty needs to be. Your loyalty does not need to be to your friends. Even though you need to be a good friend, but your loyalty first and foremost needs to be to God. If I'm right, somebody say, he right. Your loyalty don't need to be to substance such as Weed, alcohol, no, you don't, you don't become a slave to that. Your loyalty needs to be to the things of God. When somebody tell you they like you and they cute, they fine, your loyalty don't need to be to them. Your loyalty first and foremost needs to be to who? To God. I'm sticking to the word. I'm letting you know up front. This is what I'm standing on. Amen. This is what I'm believing. And that don't mean you ain't going to have feelings. You're going to be feeling something because the person is attractive to you. They got qualities that you like. But you got to have a code. Well, Lord, I, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. And they're making me feel good. But, but, Lord, help me to just stick to your word. The Christian lifestyle, young people, is a disciplined lifestyle. If anybody going to follow Christ, let them first deny himself. Take up his cross and come follow me, is what Jesus said as I paraphrase the verse. But you got to stick to the word. Be loyal to God's word. Tell somebody, say, we got to be loyal to God's word. Notice what it means to keep. I'm closing. To keep in the verse means to observe, to practice, or to be loyal to. Every day, if you're striving to keep the word or be loyal to God's word, you're striving to observe or practice what the Bible says. It's just that simple. And how many know every day comes with some type of issue we have to deal with? And so we have to discipline ourselves to, to, to just stay in the lane of the word. When you go to work and, and stress is coming your way, you got to deal with the stress according to God's word. When you have one of them days that you wake up and you don't really want to feel like or deal like 
feel like you want to deal with anybody, you got to deal with those feelings according to God's word. When certain people in your life getting on your nerves, you got to deal with them folk according to what? God's word. And there's a lot of ways to deal with people that get on your nerves. One way is to just go in the other room. <laughs> That's what the Bible say. Just go, go in another room. Especially if it's a woman that just like to talk and 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 yang, 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 yang. guess what the Bible say? Look, just go in another room. And my women fell off, but but I know I'm I'm all in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, you just you just look, I don't want to be bothered right now. I'm going in this other in this other room. Is it right, ladies? See, the Bible be right even when you don't like it. It's still right by itself. And that's just one thing. That's just life. And it's just going to be things in life you don't like, but we still need to deal with it according to God's word. Can I put something on you real quick? You don't like everything about yourself. I know I don't. There's certain things I had to really just look in the mirror and say, Baker, you're not good at that. You need to do better at that. And I had to learn how to handle certain things about myself according to God's word. Matter of fact, how many in here can say that's true? Do you like everything about yourself? Every single thing. How many in here got at least one thing about yourself you don't like? Well, you have to deal with that thing according to, to the word. You have to deal with it according to the word. And if you don't know how to deal with it, you get with somebody that can give you some counsel, some wisdom, so you don't beat yourself down and not enjoy life. But the thing that David did in the text, as I close, is he said, I'm going to keep your word. And look at what Jesus said in our last verse. Look at what happens if we keep the word. Luke 11, 28, and we close in the Bible on this one. Jesus said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So if I keep the word, if I'm loyal to the word and I practice it, I'm blessed. God is going to make sure that I'm blessed. He's going to make sure that I have life and have it more abundantly. So I got to make sure I just stick to the word. Don't let evil set up shop in my life. I just got to deal with it according to the word, and have the mindset that I'm just going to stay living according to God's word. I got to keep the code. And no matter what you're going through in here this morning, instead of allowing it to get the best of your mind and your heart, get on what the word says. Just keep the word like David so you can be happy, <laughs> And you can enjoy this life. Look at somebody and say, no matter what you go through, 
you got to keep your code. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give God a hand clap for the text and the topic. Come on, let's give God a better hand clap.